Hello and welcome to the CS Podcast. I am Captain Spanx and today we're going to talk about PS5 versus Xbox Series X, the next generation console war. Uh, you can find me on iTunes, just search, search Captain Spanx, also on YouTube and Twitch where I do game reviews, let's plays, streams, and all that fun stuff, game news as well. So, the next console war. Uh, probably this holiday, we'll see what happens with the global pandemic, but in theory, it's going to be this holiday. Now, we don't have a ton of information, but we do have enough to go on to make some assessments here. Uh, now, I will say I have no loyalty to any of the consoles. I have I mean, I have all the uh, Microsoft and Sony console releases. I kind of go back and forth. I think I preferred the first Xbox. Um, definitely the 360 over the PS3. Um, but uh, this generation, I do prefer the PS4 for a lot of reasons um one problem i think xbox still has uh, is their dogged dedication to the giant poop bomb that is connect now they don't have that anymore but they've had that for a while started with 360 and then they bolstered it with xbox one um they've pretty much abandoned it which was smart but they are still feeling the aftermath the radioactive half-life decay of barely functioning peripherals now i respect their effort you know, Sony, on the other hand, has abandoned a lot of their ideas. Uh, some of them good. The the, uh, the PS Vita is actually a pretty good piece of hardware, um, but you know they did not uh, support it enough. And so, in many ways, Microsoft is the opposite of Sony, where Microsoft picks a hill to die on, and they die on it. Um, <clears throat> the Connect, you know, it never really had a chance. <clears throat> never really had a chance, even when they got the hardware working better. You know, it's just not what people want. Uh, it's this whole motion gaming thing. Like, it was hot with the Wii. But the Wii, Nintendo does its own thing. Uh, and so if you want those sort of big AAA experiences and everything like that, the controller. There's a reason why the controller still is king of the hills, because it's the best. So it was kind of doomed from the start. And they're still feeling the effects of it. That's, I think that's a key reason they lost... Uh, with the Xbox One. I mean, there are other factors, of course, but I think the Kinect really did a number on them because, you know, when you're spending all those resources on the Kinect, that's diverting attention and resources away from other aspects of your hardware and software. So that was a huge problem. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, they're still feeling the effects from it on the Kinect. Um, <clears throat> now, I will say, Right now, <clears throat> excuse me, it's pretty obvious that the PS5 is in a better position. Sony has really killed it this generation. And if I had to put money on it, I would say that they're going to win this generation as well. However, in Xbox's defense, uh, they seem to be going for a very long view, long term strategy. What do I mean by that? Well, they're first of all buying tons of studios, dozens and dozens of studios. Some of them pretty big names. They bought the Hellblade uh, makers. I believe that's Ninja Theory. I always get them and Team Ninja mixed up. Team Ninja, I think, makes the Neo games. So they now have the Hellblade people. They have uh, Tim Schafer's uh, crew over at uh, Double Fine. Obviously, they got Moon Studios, who does the Ori games. Uh, and they just have a lot of other studios. I mean, you look at the sea of logos that they have now under their Microsoft brand. It's massive. But the thing about that is you're not going to see the benefits of those purchases for a while. 
Uh, so they're kind of laying the foundation now. And that's one of the reasons they did a recent pre- presentation. And there wasn't really much to show. <clears throat> and we're not going to see much to show, I think, for a little while. They're going to lose, I think, almost certainly the initial battle, the initial skirmish- skirmishes. But I do think they have a chance to overtake this generation because of their long-term uh, positioning. Now, when you buy all these uh, studios, if you don't know, making a game takes years. Okay? Two, three, four, five, ten years sometimes. Um, unless you're somebody like Activision or Ubisoft, where you have thousands of people, studios across the world, and more money than God, then you can make a game in a year. And and if it's an already established IP, where you don't have to start from scratch. So those, in, in those okay, in those circumstances, sure, you could do it in a year. But basically no matter how big of a team you have, it's going to take a few years to make a game. Um, so what we're looking at is we're not going to see the games from these studios that they bought come to fruition for years. And I think it obviously depends on the games that we have or are going to get. But... Like I said, Microsoft could could move into a better position because having all these games come out, you know, in four years, we could potentially be seeing a ton of exclusive Xbox games, um, a ton, and from some pretty big name developers, a lot of indie developers too, and that's one of their strengths, I think, going into the long term of this is I think they may become once again the indie developer kings. 360. I don't. I don't know if you anyone would argue that they were the kings of the indie game scene. Um, that's where the sort of indie renaissance kind of flourished with games like Braid, Fez, uh, Limbo, Castle Crashers. I think Shadow Complex might have been an exclusive on the 360. Super Meat Boy, of course. So, I think the indie scene is going to be very big. For Microsoft, and that excites me because I love indie games. Indie games are among my favorite. It's one of the main reasons I, I prefer 360. Um, all those amazing indie games. So that's a very strong point. Now you have to really look long term with them, and I think <clears throat> in four years they they could definitely overtake it. It just depends on the games that come out, what's being made. Um, another factor is Game Pass. Game Pass. Is a game changer. I think it could be at least. It is so good. Uh, it's positioning themselves as the Netflix of games, where you pay a monthly or yearly uh, fee, and then you get just like ridiculous amount of games for free. And constantly, every few days, it seems like there's more games, uh, or there are more games. Excuse me. And. Honestly, the service was so good that I got it about a year and a half ago, and I thought there's it's so good. It's one of those things that every now and then you get something in gaming where it's so good, you think there's no way they're going to continue to support it. It's going to die. It's too good. The companies aren't making enough money to support it, but I was wrong. <clears throat> they are going all in on Game Pass, which, again, long-term could be super powerful, especially when you synergize that with the fact that they're buying all these studios you have dozens and dozens and dozens of studios making exclusive games on a system that are going to be free day one with game pass 
because I'm pretty sure they've said that anything first party will be day one free Game Pass. Even the big titles like Halo and uh, Gears and all that. So that is really huge. Um, they just need, I think, more people in the uh, the ecosystem of Game Pass. <clears throat> they need more people to try, and they've been doing a good job with that, with having the um, deals. Like, they have, like, oh, you pay a dollar for a month just to try it out. Uh, I think when people start trying it more and more, you're going to realize that this thing is freaking awesome. Even if you don't play a lot of games, even if you just play a game here and there, it, it will pay for itself many times over. <clears throat> Especially if you like their first-party titles like Gears, Forza, and Halo, uh, and, and stuff like that. So, because that's those are day one game uh, free on Game Pass, and those are sixty-dollar titles. You know, um, now I will say a lot of Game Pass is a lot of indie games. You do get some older games in there, typically a couple of years old, but you do get brand new games as well. And uh, certainly, if you like indie games, you it's Game Pass is a must-have. Like, full stop, must have. If you don't like indie games at all, then it becomes, I guess, a little questionable, perhaps. Especially if you don't like any of their first-party titles like Gears, Forza, and um, Halo. But I think even then, especially if you know with the, with the dollar-a-month thing, try it out. I, I think from the vast majority of people, it's going to be well worth it. It's going to be well worth it. Um, so that is a serious long-term potential Microsoft has, and, and I think is a very, very smart move. It is their strongest card in the deck, um, you know, where they can, they can position themselves as taking over and, and kind of stealthily doing so in some ways, where it's like, people are going to count them out. People are going to count Microsoft out, um, for the first like couple of years. Um, but then, like then again, they're going to be creeping up. Games are going to be in development. And the other factor that might actually help them in a weird way is the global pandemic in a sense, because right now, if game systems release on time, they're probably going to be more expensive than normally would with the shortage of parts and the problems with distribution. You combine that with the fact that they may not make as many consoles because of the pandemic and the fact that people are working less and have less money people may be buying a lot less systems for the first couple of years. So when they finally, when things finally do recover, prices go down, people make more money. They're going to start looking into systems again, more and more. Guess what? Now we're going to see more of the long-term strategy play out for Microsoft, because now they're going to start to at least have more stuff to show in a couple of years. They may not have the games come out yet, but they'll have stuff to show. They'll have gameplay footage, a lot of stuff to show. In theory, <clears throat> I mean, they have these studios. This could, of course, go the other way, and like they pull an EA where, you know, they, they just scrap everything, or like one game doesn't sell so well, and they just like absorb the studio and get rid of it, dismantle it. But uh, the signs point to that they're not going to do that, at least for now, because again, Microsoft, say what you will about them, but they uh, they do have a dogged dedication toward their ideas and uh which sometimes doesn't work with with connect for example <clears throat> so interesting strategy that microsoft has as well and i'll focus on playstation as well but they're focusing it seems like more on software they have all the games available on pc 
They have Game Pass, and they have in this next system full backwards compatibility that reses up the uh, previous ones. Even the first Xbox system apparently will play on your Xbox Series X. All this makes it seem like they're focusing more on software, and that's that's going to make it hard to sell the new hot hardware when it's all there on multiple multiple other venues. You know, um, so that I don't know if that's good or bad, honestly. In terms of hardware sales, that seems bad. <clears throat> but in terms of overall bottom line, because perhaps, potentially they could be selling more software, that's a tough one. A lot of people are like getting all up in arms about them having everything available on PC and all this other stuff because they're like, well, what's the point of buying a new Xbox console? And that's a valid point. That's a valid point. But I don't think that it can be written off so easily as a bad thing. We don't know the books of Microsoft. We don't know what's going on there with, with, with the profit margins and all that. Um, so I think they have a position in the long term. Now with Sony, they clearly are the favorites in this race. Clearly. I think, you know, anybody can admit that even if you lean more toward Microsoft. Uh, the system itself on the Series X is more powerful in almost every single way. But first of all, we know through history, being an old man myself, we know that hardware specs almost completely don't matter. In fact, we know that typically the system with the, uh, the, the, the most impressive specs, the highest numbers, fail. They fail. Neo Geo Jaguar, 3DO, CDI, they fail. Um, it, it, so that really doesn't mean anything necessarily, especially in the context of history, but the fact that the industry has become so homogenized, it could it could make a difference. Okay, so that's the specs, but the anyway, Sony, they do have the games, generally speaking. Now, unless you're huge Gears, Forza, Halo fans, and Minecraft, <clears throat> and Hellblade, you know, I think overall, they have the more exciting stuff. Gears has been around forever, Forza, Halo. Um, but Sony has been, they've been rehashing stuff as well, no doubt about it. But you look at Gears. Gears, even though it was technically a game in a long-standing franchise, it was very different. They overhauled it. It almost didn't feel like a God of War game. It did at its heart. It was still a God of War game through and through, but it was innovative in many ways. Last of Us, you know. That was a new IP. Nailed it out of the park. That's exciting stuff. Now Last of Us 2 is coming out. That's only a sequel. That's not number five. Um, you know, we have... Unch well, Uncharted has been around forever, but they're not really working on it. I don't think any un Uncharted stuff. It's still an exciting IP. Uh, you know, uh, what else do they have? Sony. I mean, well, they have Knack 2. We'll see about Knack 2, I guess. That's kind of a joke in the industry, but you never know. Um, let's see, PS5, so they have, I think they have the games more when it comes to Sony right now, but again, it depends on your tastes, you know, and it's just more exciting, innovative stuff on, on that side with the software right now, but again, it is a long-term battle that Series X is going, positioning themselves for, buying all these studios, 
they have a lot of exciting studios. A lot of exciting studios. And that stuff's not going to bear fruit for, you know, four years, five years, more. So right now, the initial battle, the first launch, clearly Sony has the, um, the, the advantage. They have the high ground, as Obi-Wan might say. But I would not count Microsoft out. I would absolutely not count them out. They have a long hill to, to, to trudge. And who knows if they're going to keep supporting all these developers they bought. They might pull an EA again and just, you know, say, screw it. We don't like what they're doing. We're going to dismantle them. But I just don't see that happening. I think, I think again, Microsoft's going long-term. The Game Pass support, the fact that they're doubling down on Game Pass is, to me, the most exciting thing. Just absolutely. Game Pass has given me a reason so many times to turn on my Xbox One S. And now I play that more because of Game Pass. You know, I still prefer the Sony first-party titles. But since Game Pass is constantly giving you new games and games you might have missed a couple of years ago, it's like, well, it has more frequency to me. So... I would say that if I had to bet, I would say that Sony's going to win this console generation war. A big butt, not just the one that's on this chair right now, but the fact that, again, Series X is long term. I think, I think they could they could overtake it and especially position themselves for the next console generation war where now they've gained traction. And I really respect that about Microsoft. Again, I was more of a PS4 fan this generation, for sure. Uh, but I th- I really respect that they're going, in my opinion, the right direction. They've, they've gotten rid of Kinect, finally, which is still haunting them. The ghosts of Kinect. And that's going to haunt them for longer still. But they're moving in the right direction. They're picking the right battles to pick. They're not picking this stupid peripheral battles that nobody cares about, even if it did work. They're saying, okay, we want to have this sort of ecosystem where we, we build up this foundation of developers and we t- we hopefully support them. <clears throat> we let them do what they want because they're talented developers. Obviously, why would you buy them if they're not talented? And don't pull an EA. Say, look, Here's the money, here are the tools, and every, by the way, everything I've heard from developers, of course, you know, of course they're going to say nice things about Microsoft, but even independent developers, you can sometimes tell the words they use makes it seem like, it seems like Microsoft is taking the right steps, of kind of taking a, a, a almost a laissez-faire attitude toward it, where they say, okay, here's the funding, go make the games. We're going we're gonna to still look and give our input, of course. But you make the games. That's why we got you as a company. And that's exactly what needs to be done. And the fact that they're also doing backwards compatibility for even the first Xbox is is cool. I think that's a good touch. And as we know, by the way, if you guys have been around long enough with this game stuff, this this is cyclical. This is cyclical. Nobody stays... Even the great Nintendo has in many ways fallen. Sega has fallen from their graces. I mean, uh, obviously Atari. Um, and Siri- and 360 was the leader of last generation in many ways. I think PS3 eventually sold more systems eventually recently. But 
I mean, I think it's pretty clear 360 won that battle last generation. And that was with the Red Ring of Death. So things constantly change in this industry. You know, technology moves at a blistering pace, and so does the competition. Just like everything in life, really, it's cyclical. Things die, and things change. It's entropy. So to say, and I hear people always saying, because people always do this, where it's like, whoever's in the lead, it's like, oh, they're just going to dominate. Xbox Series X is dead. They're making all their games on PC anyway. Who cares? Why buy an Xbox? Maybe. But history does not bear that argument out. Nor does the fact that Xbox has bought all these developers and they're supporting Game Pass, the best gaming And again, I'm not on any side, by the way. I just, the idea of taking a side of a, of a giant corporation that really doesn't care about you is ridiculous. I just want to play great games. And I'll go wherever they're at. I'll go wherever they're at. I've, I've, you know, again, 360 I preferred. I think I prefer the first Xbox, generally speaking, just because of like Kotar and Morrowind. But I've never really been a huge Sony fan, honestly. Their controllers, I hate. I hate their controllers, first of all. Uh, and, you know, just never really did it for me necessarily. But but the PS4, they, they turned me around. That's how strong they were this generation. They turned me around where it took me forever to get an Xbox. The only reason I got it was to play actual 4K discs because the PS4, even the PS4 Pro, does not play 4K discs. You can only stream it. So I got it on Black Friday for... Uh, I think it was 200 like three years ago, three or four years ago, Xbox One S. Uh, and then I got Game Pass because it was on sale for like 80 bucks for the year. Normally it's 120. I was like, ah, let me check this thing out. This is like a year and a half ago. And suddenly like a revelation. I'm like, oh my God, even a year and a half ago, I was like, damn, this Game Pass thing, they're going to get rid of it. This is too good. They're not going to keep this. It's like Sega Channel or something. I don't know. And but no. They're keeping it. And not only that, you look at E3 last year. Oh, my God. E3 was great. And the reason why I say Microsoft won E3 last year, even though, I mean, PS Sony wasn't there. But I thought they had an excellent presentation because you look at all those games. It was like on Game Pass day one, on Game Pass day one, on Game Pass day one. That's amazing. I can't like I play so many games and I can't even keep up. With all this stuff, so. It is going to be an interesting battle. I am super excited. You know, um, I'm a little nervous because of with this pandemic. It's going to affect the industry. It's going to affect the industry. We uh, People tell me I'm crazy. They're like, oh, Phil Spencer said they're coming out holiday 2020. Phil Harrison said holiday 2020. Okay, maybe. That's what they want. That's the hope. That's the expectation. That's the plan. But look around, people. Things are changing every single day. Every single day. And so things are improving. We're slowly flattening the curve, I guess. But this is a complicated issue. You got to look at all the different aspects that go into getting a console into your living room. All the little chips and processors, the plastic casing that go into that. You got to get those made. You got to get those shipped. 
you you know you got to put you got to manufacture them together then you got to ship those out to stores which aren't open <clears throat> i mean they'll be open in holiday 2021 hopes but you still have all these different aspects these it is such a complicated web to get a product especially a highly technical specialized product into your household and then you also have to look at the fact that people aren't working as much. A lot of money. A lot of money. This is going to be huge on our economy. <clears throat> we are not going to see these effects right now, but we will see them. Okay. How are you going to buy it? And these consoles are the way they're talking. We're talking about five, six hundred bucks. And I think we'd be talking about that even if we didn't have the pandemic, perhaps. <clears throat> so. It's just a combination, a culmination of things, of, of, of factors that lead me to believe that if we see a holiday 2020 release, it's either A, going to be at exorbitant prices, upwards of over 600, maybe much more than it would be without it, or, and or B, less, less quantity, where they ship it in limited quantities. And that's. Because what happens when you ship in limited quantity is that people scalp. And then people get this system paying way too much, and it's just a whole thing. And I don't want to I don't want that. So I would honestly argue if they can't make enough consoles to ship for the demand, delay it. Delay it. They don't there's nothing out there yet in software wise where it's like a huge mega loss that I've seen yet. Of course, there's a lot of stuff they're being worked on that we don't know about, but, you know, any kind of next-gen exclusives, I haven't seen anything that would really warrant, be like, oh, we have to get these systems out, even if it's a limited quantity. Because guess what? You're going to sell limited quantity of those games as well. And then they're going to be out in the ether. So I would actually say, yeah, if, if they'd, I would think I'd, Say delay it if it means limited quantity. If it just means higher price, but enough quantity, I'd say ship it, I guess. You know, people can get it if they want. They're not going to pay crazy scalper prices. But, uh, you know, it's still fairly reasonable. You know, because most people don't realize that console, you actually don't make money on consoles anymore. I don't, I don't know if you ever did. Certainly not now. Consoles are so expensive to make, and so they have to sell them at a reasonable price that you take a loss on consoles. Businesses take a loss. A lot of people don't realize that. So really what they're going for is to get an install base where then you can sell the game. You sell the games. And so even, even at a higher price point, they're still going to lose money on it. And, but the whole point is to get people in that ecosystem so they can sell more games. But if there's not enough way to get those games out to the demand with the pandemic, then it's just a no-win situation. It's just a no-win situation. So I think, like I said, if I had to pick one of this, I would absolutely say Sony is positioned for the win for this generation. But 
I don't think it's going to be quite the blowout that a lot of people think. And I also don't think it's guaranteed that they are going to win. Certainly in the first year or so, barring any weird things that happen, I think it's very safe bet that PS5 is going to win this one in the first year. I mean, you know. Because they already have the foundation with the PS4, the base. A lot of people switched over from Xbox to the PS this generation. But in the next couple of years after that, then that's where the real battle starts. Because these consoles, you know, they go for five, six, seven years potentially, unless they try to pull the stuff, by the way, where they do this like mid-upgrade thing, which they might. I think that's where perhaps the industry is trending, which I do not like. I do not like that. Um, where it's like instead of every like five, six, seven, eight, nine years, you get a whole new system with just like a, a, a dramatic jump up in specs to this other system they did this generation where it's like, well, in about three years, you'll get the PS4 Pro and you'll get the Xbox One S and the One X. I, I don't, I do not like that industry trend. Hopefully it changes. I, it might not. It might not. Um, I think <clears throat> it seems like at least the Series X is trying to perhaps go away from that and make it more... I don't know if it's moddable or upgradable. I don't know if we've confirmed that yet. I mean, it looks like a freaking PC tower. So it makes it seem like perhaps... I mean, I don't know. I, that that part I actually don't know, but... I I actually think that's the that's perhaps the way to go with these consoles. No, I don't know the the ins and outs of the costs and all that, but that would be awesome if the consoles were just like a PC where you can mod and upgrade easily. That would be amazing. And I would hope that that's the way it goes, but I don't think it will. I don't know. I, I it's it definitely seems like they're going to go for this sort of like, ah, oh, three years we'll reach, we'll give you the, you know, the Series X Plus, you know, the PS5 Pro. And I certainly don't want that. I certainly don't want that, especially because, like, the way they're talking, they're talking about 8K. They're talking about 8K. We ain't going to see 8K come to fruition for a few years at least, just to even start trickling in. And forget about AK gaming. You can just forget that right now. That ain't happening this generation. We don't even have 4K gaming in almost every instance. So this generation, we're just going to try to try. They're talking about 4K gaming, Series X especially. That would be awesome. We'll see. It costs developers money to put, put that kind of resolution and frame rate. Which, by the way, they're talking about like 120 frames per second. We'll see. If they can, if they can stick at sixty and not vary, I will be happy about that. Even that, I'm I'm incredulous about, because again, it costs developers money to make it run at that speed. Cost some time. Uh, the saving grace is that in theory, the systems are so much more powerful that, and and more accessible, that it would be easier to hit and maintain that sixty frames per second. That's the theory. A lot of people are like talking about that. It's like, yep, that's what's going to happen. 120 frames. I don't know. 
I certainly don't think 120. You might see 120 for something like Forza. You know, gears, new gears. But for the vast majority of games, I do not see that happening. <clears throat> I don't see 8K gaming happening. So it would make even less sense to do these mid-level upgrades on these systems in three years because you already have these systems positioned as being long-term with talking about 8K, 120 frames per second. Things we won't hit for certainly over three years. And even if we did hit it in three years, why then release a sort of, you know, minor upgrade system? The PS5 Pro, the Series X Plus, whatever. Why release that then? Because you've just now, you've just now started to scratch the potential of these consoles. What, what are you going to do? A PS5 Pro that does 12K? Well, guess what? We're not even going to be really at 8K at that point. So it doesn't really make sense. Maybe they've crunched the numbers and it does for them where it's like, well, we're not going to make too many of them. It'll be like a specialty item. You know, we don't need to sell many of them, just just a few. But I, I don't see how they could be making money because, again, you don't make money off consoles. You lose money. Companies lose money on consoles. They just need to get you to get that so that you can buy their games. That's what it is. <clears throat> so I really hope they don't go that direction. Maybe they won't. Maybe the fact that these systems are really kind of looking toward the future with this 8K 120 frames talk, that they won't do a minor upgrade. Maybe it will be modular. Um, it might not even need to be modular. I mean, again, you're t if you're talking about 8K 120 frames, that should be good for honestly, like, <clears throat> I mean, how long? How long should that be good for? Eight years plus? You should be able to get at least eight years out of that. Technology moves fast, but, you know, we're still, we're just getting to the 4K now <clears throat> in terms of movies. We're barely even getting there. You know, like, the Xbox One S and the X play 4K. PS4 Pro streams 4K. How many games are in 4K? <laughs> are any in 4K? I mean, I think Forza might be. You know. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I'm actually excited about this stuff. People are talking about EK. Uh, it's just another number. I, I love that stuff. I want, I want, the, I want the pixels. So if you can get me EK, I will take EK. Because let me tell you, you can tell the difference between 4K and 1080p. Absolutely. And I'm, at least with movies, I haven't seen it with games. I have yet to play a 4K game. I have Forza. I should actually try it. I have it on Game Pass. But, so, will we see the mid-generation thing? That is a big question. I hope not. I hope not. So ultimately, to wrap this up, the PS5 Series X, where I stand on it, again, I would say if I were a betting man, I'd say the PS5 is positioned clearly to be the victor, perhaps for the whole cycle. Hello, what are you doing? Perhaps for the whole cycle. But I'm really interested to see this long-term stratagem of Series X. This 
is something that we really don't see, actually, in the console wars. A thing like Game Pass, we've pretty much never seen. You know, Sega Channel tried it, and you guys remember Sega Channel. That's old school. They kind of did it. I didn't have it. A friend had it. It seemed cool. But somebody trying to be the Netflix of games, I mean, Google Stadia, I guess, is trying to do that, sort of, but not really. And they're certainly not succeeding in whatever they're trying to do. Um, so it's they're doing different things. The Series X, you don't see these kind of long-term positions, these systems with specs that, and the PS5 doing this too, but less so, where it's like these specs are so outrageously high that we probably won't even achieve them in the next few, four, five, six years. So you combine that with the Game Pass thing, it is a super long-term strategy. And the fact that they're buying up all these developers has me really curious to see where the Series X goes. <clears throat> now, seeing as I already have a 1S and Game Pass, you know, I don't see yet the reason to get Series X. Even when figuring out that you're going to have a ton of games on Xbox with these developers these new developers making new games that'll come out in four years. I still, I mean, I have the Xbox One S and I have Game Pass. You don't need the new hardware for Game Pass, of course. So for me personally, I don't see any reason really whatsoever for the Series X, except for potentially when they reach that 4K gaming and I will say the frames per second is a big selling point, though, to me. That is a big selling point because I never used to care about frames per second. I still don't really for the most part. But at this point, there's no reason. Well, there are reasons, but we really should have a steady 60 frames per second on every game. That's the part that's been lagging in the tech technology aspect. And you could really tell in games like, like Overwatch... We're just run so buttery smooth, even at 60, not even talking about 120. And it's like, you know, at this point, yeah, let's just get the 60. We could talk about 120 frames per second, but let's get the 60. And that that is kind of a, a selling point. That That's kind of a selling point. 60 frames. 4K, honestly, I'm I'm skeptical on both of them at least for the first few years, that we're going to have actual games running at actual 4K and actual 60-plus frames. At least for the first couple of years. But I'm more skeptical of the 4K thing. At least I think 60 frames we can do. Because that has been a long time coming. It should have got 60 frames a while ago. But see, the problem is it's easier to sell to the general audience just straight-up graphics. You know, the frames per second is is less noticeable to a lot of people. It's less noticeable to me. Really, it's only when you get to like shooters or fast paced games like Doom or Overwatch that you can you can tell. But I play a lot of games. I play a lot of indie games, a lot of strategy games where, you know, just eh, can't really tell. And I'm sure there's some people out there who'd be like, oh, well, I can always tell and everything like that. Well. A lot of people can't, but in terms of graphics, you look at something that's 1080p and 4K, the, the differences are, are, are starker. 
or more stark. So clearly that's the reason why, you know, it's like, well, let's just keep pumping up graphics and, you know, because that's where people put their attention to. But it is time. 60 frames per second, we could do that. 120, sure, maybe. But, yep, I think that is a, uh, I think that that pretty much covers it, you guys, on PS5 and Series X. We're going to learn more information. The Series X did just do a presentation, which did actually show a lot of games, however, like zero gameplay. But it showed a lot of stuff. I was thinking about covering it on a news channel, but there really wasn't any gameplay. It'd just be do trailer reactions. I don't really do that. And uh, Sony's going to have an event, I believe, in a few weeks. I'll have to double check. So we're getting more and more slow information. But so far, everything we've gotten has not been super impressive. And, of course, not having E3 is a huge bummer. And maybe we'll do a show about that on uh, the possible death of E3. Because that's the talk of the town, is that E3 is going to go away. And I don't want that. I don't think anybody wants that. but. It's probably going to happen. So anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate it. Make sure to check me over at YouTube and Twitch. Same name, different game. And uh, make sure to sub on iTunes, of course. And maybe leave a review. It helps me out in the algorithm. Also, any suggestions you guys want for topics, let me know. I have a few planned already, but they aren't any that need to be rushed. Um, And I will uh, catch you on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye.